Hey everyone and welcome to our first episode of Lessons in Leadership. My name is Grant Griff and thank you so much for joining. Most importantly today I would like to introduce someone that has I think been quite under the radar as she's been growing her business but is now at a point where tangibly people really can see the incredible contribution she's made and has developed a particular team based here in South Africa. And it's going to be great to hear her insights. And the most important thing around this is that it's not about theory, it's about practical application, anecdotal experiences so that we can all relate or look to that so that we can apply that in our teams or businesses or in whatever field as well. So. I'd first of all like to welcome Kim Taylor or Kimberly Taylor. How are you doing, Kim? Thanks so much for that intro, Grant. Good, thanks. (laughs) A little bit excited, nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be. It's going to be very, very chilled. So I think, Kim, let's jump straight into it. And just for everyone to get context around the vehicle in which you practice leadership on a daily basis and, of course, lead your team. Tell me or give me a one minute elevator pitch about what your company, Loop, does. So Loop helps anyone with a fleet of vehicles, drivers, and we help those companies and those drivers manage, optimize, and scale their delivery business. Manage in terms of managing orders and large volume of orders and drivers, manage through visibility and communication, optimize. We do that through automation and some cool algorithms. And we help them scale through data analytics and understanding how to do that efficiently. That's my quick pitch. (laughs) Excellent. No, that was good. That was under 60 seconds. And just so everyone understands kind of where you're involved or who you're involved with as a company, like what are some of the customers that you've helped create or secure that back end so that they can provide on-demand or last-mile delivery throughout South Africa? Yeah, so we started, we, we don't work with Domino's at the moment, but we started, they were our first clients and that's what got us going in that on-demand delivery space. We also work with Nando's, both here locally and in Botswana and Mauritius and Qatar. Work with the likes of Kauai and Quench. Um, we work with RTT, who's a logistics partner behind the Checker 6060 delivery. So they use our system to help manage those drivers. So that's some of the players in the on-demand space. And then we have some more traditional logistics clients. And I say those who are going to, you know, a number of stops throughout the day and we're helping them with pure route optimization, someone like serviced in that space. Brilliant, brilliant. And I think at the end of the day, what you shared before around developing, whether it be machine learning or kind of engineering software development around this, are you a software developer? I'm not. <laughs> so I, I enjoy coding and I've learned, I, I understand a little bit of Python and MATLAB and from Varsity. And I definitely wrote some of the first algorithms, but I have an incredible team that has, you know, been with us from day one, different outsource providers and some internal team members who have actually built the software in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think then that's a good tangent to, to go off of, right, in terms of the team and fundamentally around what we hear for today in terms of leadership. So with regards to your team, have you had any formal training? Is this something that you've been told that you just had this natural talent, you were born with being able to lead a team? Or have you had to learn how to lead? So, I mean, I think leadership is 
constant learning. I mean, and it's con and I'm also always making mistakes, right? And then you make mistakes and you learn. I I think through you get you start to learn some of those skills. I guess through through school, playing sports. You know, as captain or head girl, and I had opportunities of caring and watching people grow, and you know, and team dynamics. Definitely, growing a business has been another big jump in terms of leadership. And I was fortunate to be a part of a thing called Legitimate Leadership. It was about a year and a half course through our investors, Lightstone, and that taught me so much about like helping people be accountable and helping them grow and and really caring about them. And so. I, I've definitely learned a lot of my leadership or those principles through different influences throughout my life. All right. All right. And one, one important thing that I picked up there, because, you know, we've got on the one side of the coin, we've got people that say that we need to be a natural born talent when it comes to practicing leadership. But on the other side, we've got a skill set that can actually be, you know, trained, you can practice it, you can, mm-hmm. you know, look at role models, you can, I mean, you can read books. Absolutely. But- you want to practice it though and doing it is practicing yeah i mean absolutely i I think there's so many incredible examples to pull from right simon sinek being one of one of those those models are you also a simon fan i think yeah i think anyone (laughs) is anyone that kind of enjoys or, or, or looks forward to the topic of leadership i think has has found him in their youtube video or whatsapp share or something like that (laughs) yeah yes he's incredible so Kim, I think around the team now, what, practically speaking, what are you doing every week, every day that you find to be working around bringing more clarity to the team? Because we were, we were chatting um, offline about this before we started the session and you were mentioning about how sometimes you get everything is in your head and then you run with it and then kind of you look back and okay, wait. Okay, sorry, I have to now articulate myself and I have to make sure that there's clarity in terms of what's in my head and actually making sure that my team also buys into it. So tell me a bit more about what you do to stop that massive missing link, basically. Honestly, I take radical responsibility. And I, when, I, when it comes to my team and the things that are, if, if I see tension or if I see that there's, misalignment or toes being stepped on or lack of clarity like I really take that quite seriously and I know it's as a result of me not communicating effectively so I mean one of my constant lessons is to communicate and when I see things going wrong I just know that I'm not communicating enough it's something that I, I always and my team will say you know that's something I just say often I over communicate, communicate more, communicate more and try and communicate more. And yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, something I would add. Another thing I'm doing just around the team is because I haven't had any experience in formal businesses, um, there is some... In in bureaucracy, right? (laughs) (laughs) Bureaucracy or even just structures. I mean, there's some corporates, I mean, there's some tried and tested things that you should do in a business, right? Um, So we working with a company called HR studio at the moment, which has been amazing and helping me build out those processes and structures that are, that are really important if you want to scale the business. So, and I, and I picked up, you know, now around leading the team, you said, I need to communicate clearly. I need to pay attention to this. 
And I think that's very important in terms of ownership because, you know, if we, there's always this debate around management versus leadership. And I think that where management, you need authority and then that authority allows you then to instruct or to kind of tell people what to do. But in the leadership side, as opposed to authority, we need to take responsibility. We need to take ownership. That's what I've been seeing working with particular leaders that I admire or kind of observing particular leaders that I admire. They really do take ownership about this. And from how you operate and run your team, what would you think is is an important lesson for someone watching, whether it be if they're in a corporate right now, so they don't necessarily have the title or that authority. They may be within one particular team within a division and they've got a manager as an example, but surely they can also practice leadership within their team. And, and what do you think they could do about it? Absolutely. And I mean, to, to, to touch on a couple of things. One, I think what I've found through taking responsibility is that you can start and be frustrated with your team, right? And in any scenario, and you spoke about the different ways people work. But I think when you, rather than being frustrated, think, okay, how did we get there? What were the things, the decisions I made? What example did I show to get to this point? And that's where I find taking responsibility really shifts your mindset to make better decisions, right? And, and moves you from that place of, oh, I'm irritated or this isn't working to know this is these are the action steps I need to take to to make this better but I mean around leadership you can practice that it's around being a good example it's I think leadership is about caring about people caring about people's growth and that's one distinction I had to to make is I think when you're working with people it's so easy to say I'll do it with you or let me do it for you but actually giving people room to make mistakes and grow it's it's also been a lesson for me. And who's guiding you? Because a lot of the times people, I mean, for example, I actually got a direct message this week and someone said to me, hey, Grant, you seem to have it all together. And and, yeah. I, and when I read it, I was like, I, I got, because I, you know, I'm far from that. So, so surely there's someone that is guiding you or mentoring you through this? Because I think a lot of the times people think that when you are the CEO, as an example, from a title or position point of view, now that's it. You just share with everyone else. There's not like this two-way street. So from your side, have you got mentors? Have you been coached? Maybe give a bit more construct around there. So I've been very, very lucky, Grant. The CFO of Lightstone has been an incredible mentor on leadership. The way that he has navigated being investor, a partner, a mentor over the last five years, you know, every meeting we have, the, the first question and the most important question is, how are you? How are you feeling? How's your mental state? He's always put that before profits or clients or anything like that. It's always about how am I? How can he help me? How can he support me? How do I want to grow? And then after that, it's always about how's my team and helping me with that. So he's been a big, big influence in how I lead and how I support people and how I've navigated that over the last five years. Well, I think with mentorship, though, it's not necessarily someone needing to, to go out and pay for the services of a mentor. You can find a mentor anywhere. And from my experience as well, mentorship is it can be someone younger than you, where, mm -hmm. as an example, 
if anyone's out there and wants to mentor me about TikTok, then let, let me know because I mean, I need some, some guidance there around what exactly is happening because I've tried it and within five minutes, it, it basically knew exactly what I was, you know, enjoying in terms of content. So yeah, it was very interesting. And so you've got that, that parallel where on the one side, we've got the age where people think that mentorship is about an old person or elder person mentoring you, where in actual fact, it may just be different industries. And this and age is actually just irrelevant in this regard. And it's, it's more around the diversity of your background so that you can, in many cases, either empathize or, as they say, um, let me make my hindsight your foresight. Yeah, I, I definitely get a lot of inspiration from podcasts. I mean, I always say listen to other stories, other leaders. One of my favorites is Tim Ferriss and he'll in- interview the CEO of Spotify, who, you know, these different companies and you hear their stories, you hear how they manage people and, and lead people and, and, and grow. And so I, I definitely get a lot of inspiration from that. And I think you can find that in a lot of different ways. I also think people are more willing to help and give advice than you think, right? Over the last year, I found a few people that I just, I just reached out to, you know, understanding that you, you are only as strong as your support structure, right? You, you, can, you can find other people and ask them, you know. I love that. You are only as strong as your support structure. And so can I jump ahead there and say, well, from that, it's basically if I'm sitting right now in a business or I'm part of a team and I may not necessarily have that authority to to, to guide other people in a task-driven way, maybe I should just focus on first prioritizing who is my support structure, like who who is actually someone, one or or two people, it doesn't have to be a lot of people, but one or two people, who are those two people that I can go to, whether it means if I'm having troubles with my private life and trying to kind of integrate that and, and prioritize it in the context of work life, and as well as then within work, struggling maybe with some of the team members to just understand that, then all of a sudden clarity starts happening because now you've got that sort of support structure to move with. Absolutely. I mean, that's been a lesson for me. I've gone about life a couple of times and it's often something I stumble into where I try to do things alone um, and you can't. <laughs> you, like, you know, like we succeed together, we win together and it's much more enjoyable together. And that's where asking for help, being humble, getting more and more people involved is it's, it's a lesson I've had to learn. Let's talk in terms of the team now around that communication, making sure that you're not too ahead with it, whether it be ideas or a particular strategy. So what are you doing in your actual team? Is it kind of 15 minutes chat every, every week? Or like, what do you do as a format to make sure that everyone is buying into and everyone is involved in this vision that you have that you've now sharing with others? So I can tell you that this is something I'm constantly evolving, yeah. <laughs> constantly getting wrong and right. And my team will tell you, like, I'm always about what are the best practices, but we try fit it into how it works and for us, right? So, you know, we might try something and it doesn't work. That's okay. So things that have worked recently and for quite a long time, because we're a remote team, every morning we have stand-ups and I know that's normal for if you know you're doing development but we kind of have business stand-ups and dev stand-ups and as a dev or if you're part of more business side you can be a part of either stand-up and just 
hear what's going on in the business. Working with a remote team, it's just been a really nice touch point to, to see where everyone's at, if anything's blocking anyone. And it's quick, it's 15 minutes, right? It's such a quick thing to just quickly touch base and see if there's anything missing. Or if you might remember, oh, I needed to ask Kerry this or you know, something like that might come up. That's been really, really great, I think, from the beginning. Um, we do this really cool thing on Fridays. We call them high five uh, huddle Fridays. And we, we just, we spend 30 minutes before our standups and we just, we talk rubbish. We <laughs> play a game. We play an online game together. Just funny things or someone will teach someone about something. Human, That's what human things. Yes. You know, play, play, play. <laughs> just to break it yeah. down a bit, you know, so we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> Yeah, we, and we played last week Friday. We had a really fun game. And so Belinda has been really pivotal in setting those up. That's been really cool. The other and thing, Belinda? Belinda's our product lead. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So the other thing that I've found working recently, and it might not work long-term, I don't know. I'm starting to understand the compartments of the business, right? The difference, you know, you have an organogram, but Besides one organogram, you kind of have teams, right? And some teams work in multiple teams. And so understanding the different teams that exist in different roles or responsibilities and creating a Slack side. We use Slack a lot. So yeah. I have Slack Taking sections and Slack. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I'm so grateful for it. I just think, I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things we started using in the beginning because our dev house to use it and you're like, wow, like, I don't know what we would do without this. And so creating sections or channels, creating an intention, this channel is for this. This is how we communicate in this channel. We respond in threads. It's just those little things that help to compartmentalize that something is being communicated to an entire team that team might pick up that knowledge a day later or a week later, depending on their role in that team. But I'm finding that understanding my teams, creating channels and, and communicating the intention of that channel and what we're doing has been very helpful. That's fantastic in terms of, so someone doesn't have to have Slack, they can have another tool. If they're on teams, they oh, can create the groups. Absolutely. But every group or every segment of a team or subset of a team, there needs to be an intent around what you're trying to achieve by creating that. Because, I mean, what I can relate to is going to meetings for the sake of meetings and they're just these recurring meetings and kind of mm -hmm. at the end of it, people are like, why are we actually doing this? I mean, kind of it's the same yeah. thing with people creating reports and sending the reports and not actually anyone reading it. So the intent behind what you create in terms of sub teams and so on is, is I think, gold. And, and then it came, in terms of then yeah. the learning about the teams and so on. I mean, have you, have you used any particular tools around personality tests or trying to kind of learn more about how other people interpret information or make decisions and so on and so forth? So we've done a little bit of that. I'm part of a, a accelerator program called Grindstone at the moment, and they, they gave us some tests and we did that at some point and we found it very interesting who was alike. Uh, I would be lying if I said I've intentionally used those things. I, I think they're interesting and we're quite keen to, uh, we spoke about, I spoke about it with someone this week. We're quite keen to use different tests to understand specifically how people respond or communicate in the different parts of their brain. 
So, yeah, and I think, I mean, these are all great tools, right? And the more you understand yourself and the people you're working with, the easier it is to navigate. Yeah. And if you think now for, for someone in their own team, what tools or what tips or tricks have you found in addition to what you've just discussed around the meetings and how you're structuring those meetings? What have you found to be very useful in relying on as a tool to help the team empower themselves? In what context? Sorry, just to empower themselves in terms of? So tooling doesn't need to be software, but systems or tooling. So for example, have you implemented, say, an individual personal development plan where you catch up every couple of months or where they, you know, kind of own it? Have you got peer-to-peer reviewing or like what type of things are you doing there to help someone really take ownership of their role and, and ultimately then the team empowers itself? I'm going to be very honest here. And this is one place that I get it very wrong. <laughs> and my, you know, it's, and it's, it's why I've, you know, also working with HR studio at the moment. So it's those, the, all of those structures and principles around peer reviews and feedback are so important. And in the beginning, when we were smaller, I, I mean, I used to do monthly check-ins or even two weekly check-ins with the team one-on-one, right? And it's, it's easier when you're smaller and you get a very good sense of how to grow that person, you know, what they're struggling with personally or in the business um, and empower them, right? So it's say, oh, I have a one-on-one and I'm like, okay, cool. We need, you need more training, you know? So like, let's put you on a course. And I'm, I'm up for whatever it is that my team needs, right? If it's a course, if it's time, if it's spending time in a different part of the business, one thing that I'm struggling with that I'm learning at the moment is scaling and need proper structures around if it's OKRs or KPIs, I mean, different words so that people are empowered so that there is a trajectory for growth and that they are happy. I mean, for me, the success, my success, when I feel successful, it's dependent on how happy my team is and how motivated. So it's something I'm working on. I have to be very honest. It's not something that I've gotten Right. Yeah, I promise you that's probably the best answer because probably everyone that is watching or listening yeah. to this, they go, yeah, I actually don't have as much as, as the typical structure as what people would expect. And, and I think what, yeah. what you mentioned there around scaling a business, let's even call it just scaling a team, i.e. growing a team. Mm. Every extra person you add to the team is not just one plus one. I mean, it's exponential in terms of the complications of communication. Yeah. And, and then, like you said, is... In the beginning, as your team is smaller and say a handful, you're able then to pick up on the nuances of everyone yes. when through the online or the offline hallways. But there's this point where you get to, and I think listening in on your team of what how they feel about it and then going, okay, we need to now bring a bit more formality and structure to this because I think there's also a slight tangent on this is people often think structure means restriction. And, and I think, especially when, yeah. when I was doing my articles, I always was like, structure is terrible. You need to just be able to be free. But in actual fact, at present, for me, it's structure creates more clarity, all right, yeah. around actually where you can double down instead of restriction. Oh, I completely agree with you. And this is something I've learned recently. I trust my team and they'll know that's the most, one of the most important values. We're not into micromanaging. It is about trust, but you need to create those structures so people feel safe to be innovative, to 
grow. One thing I just remembered that has been really, and especially for a remote team like us, and I, you, you talk about those nuances uh, where you pick up on things. The other thing that has been really, really helpful for us is we do retros. I, I know it's also Retro? another agile, uh, agile principle thing. We call yeah. them retros and they're retrospectives. We actually, as a team, we have a facilitator, Rebecca, and yes. she facilitates a retrospective where we just, one, we check in with each other. So we might, you know, do a fun game or check in or yeah. just get to know each other. Then we talk about things, what, what we like, what we love, what we hate, what we've learned. So it's, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm really not doing it justice here, but you know, no, what, what, <laughs> what, what do we, you know, what do we want to keep? What do we want to get rid of? What do we want more of, you know, less of mm. more of, you know, Basically, she structures it with three different questions. And it might be a dev team specifically that does a retro or another team. And it's about reflecting, right? Like a retrospective about understanding as a team. And it's been incredible in facilitating conversations among team members where, oh, you know, that was a little bit frustrating when you didn't move that task on the board. And then I got up early to test and, you know, little things like that. And most of the time people are, I mean, our team, they're very empathetic, right? They, yeah. you know, they don't want someone to get up early and like test and if not actually be ready. And so it's been so great at creating communication channels and just moving past like any frustration that might exist within the team. It's like, what do you want to stop doing? What do you want to yes. start doing? And then what do you want to continue doing? Stop, yes. start and continue. And when, yeah. when an individual in your team, like you're doing right now with, I love that, you know, phrase retro, doing that retrospective kind of analysis so that the future can be far less weighed down with legacy systems or legacy things that we were doing, but everyone's now just doing it for the sake of doing it. So I absolutely love that. And I'm sure everyone will benefit from, from listening and hearing about that. So I think, Kim, you know, we've spent 30 minutes on, I mean, time flies when you're having fun yeah. and you're talking about you know, a topic and, and especially your team that you're passionate about. But from your side, what would you like to leave everyone here with? Something around your experience to date with oh. leadership and, and where it's got you now? Um, I didn't think about this one. I, I yeah, always... Unscripted, I mean, everyone. We are not scripted yet. Yes. <laughs> We're not scripted. <laughs> I, I mean, my feeling, and because it's probably my biggest lesson, is just communicate more. Like, just, just make it as clear as possible. It's interesting, one, one thing I learned recently or conversation I had recently with someone and they were talking about a different business owner and they've made millions and millions and millions and, but they're so harsh and they treat their people so badly and who cares about the fluffy stuff if you make millions. And I, I realized that how you define success also becomes the leader that you are, if that makes sense. For me, if I had millions and millions and millions or whatever and a team that hated me, I would not be very successful. So it's, it's an interesting question for me and how people define success could be an indication of the type of leader that they are. Um, I define success as having a happy, motivated, growing team. Um, 
Incredible. I mean, maybe a lasting thought. (laughs) That is a gem. And and I agree with you. I think that when we see success, we see the headline include a a, a currency amount, a rand amount on that headline, you know, for a raise or something. But in actual fact, there's people behind there. And are those people, do they feel vested enough and to contribute in in that meaningfully? Uh, Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Kim, before you go, just one last thing. Who do you think we should invite to Lessons in Leadership? Who do you think we should... (laughs) invite Ooh. do you know of anyone that's leading a team right now that would be amped to to jump on board on an unscripted chat i honestly i don't know if they would do it but i met claude and luke recently they were yeah. the founders of superbalist and they're now heading Brilliant. up tfg labs and i found them to be like their values and they were very humble <laughs> no that's brilliant cool i'll definitely do my best to reach out and and and, and get them on board this year as well Kim, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate your time. And thank you so much to everyone for listening in uh, or watching. We're really looking forward to the next coming episodes of Lessons in Leadership. If you do want to also stay in touch on a monthly basis, I have created a website, grantcrev.com and com, And then that's where we're going to also be sending the, the, the new episodes as well. So you keep in touch. And we've got some big plans this year, but it's only made possible with everyone's contribution and, and, and supporting this epic time. Kim, thanks again. And thanks everyone for joining us. Looking forward to the next episode. We've got an exciting speaker joining us, Darren, who's the CEO of Vida e Cafe. So really looking forward to that. Cheers, everyone.